The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio on WGBB. The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views and opinions of the show's hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the owners, management, or staff of WGBB. And now, it came from the radio. Hello and welcome once again to It Came From The Radio. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. Um, with me in the studio, I have a very special guest, Pronto uh, Comics' uh, Dominic Sperano. Hello, again. how are you? And we have Hassan Godwin, our traveling correspondent, on the phone, traveling somewhere. Hello, how, how are, are you? you? My nemesis. We also have, <laughs> we also have uh, Brian, the engineer, always helping us out behind the window. Um, once again, today we're doing an experimental show, so uh, I'm just going to go real quickly because we've got a lot of stuff to cover, and we only have an hour to do it, and an hour goes by pretty darn fast. So if anybody's having any trouble listening to us on the air, you can go online to www.am1240wgbb.com and listen to us on a live audio streaming also on, also on the GBB website, you can see us right now on the high definition web camera right now, and we are Hello, also streaming. <laughs> we are also streaming live on our site www.itcamefromradio.com, and this was being recorded, and we're going to be putting this up on the YouTube page um, later on tonight. Oh, who? YouTube. So let me just take it away with the news. Who died? Um, actually, we do have sad news, but I have to do the whole uh, self promotion stuff first because we have tons of stuff that's going on. Uh, let's see. So first we're going to do our own promotion. Um, speaking of live streaming events, we're going to be doing a live streaming event um, <laughs> uh, this Tuesday at 1 p.m. Um, on campfromradio.com. We're going to be uh, talking with Brimstone. We're going to have like a half-hour interview, an in-depth interview at his offices to try and find out more about this entrepreneur who is on the show. And he has his own sauces. He has his own comics. He's been around for 100 years. He was a wrestler. He, he's, done, wow. he's done everything. So... We felt that we needed more time with him, so I'm going to go down to his sauces. You say his own spices and sauces. Yeah, see, that's 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 what you get for not listening to. That's what I get for not listening to the show. (laughs) Hassan was there, right? I was there. See, uh huh. Okay. (laughs) So, um, for more information, you can go to his website, www.entrancetohell.com, or you can always make sure you follow us on www.itcamefromradio.com. That's a great .com. Wow. Uh, let's see what else um, the news also I have. Oh, um, as always, the news and the self-promotion portion of the show is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of. Um, the Big Apple Con celebrated its 20th anniversary uh, this past March and are now heavily promoting their new convention, which is coming up in December, which is the WinterCon. It's going to be in Queens, and um, I think tickets are st- on sale now, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Because, okay. yeah, they're really, they're really going for it. Um, also, Mike Carbonaro wants to continue on the donuts and comics, which we've been uh, doing. Mm, uh, we're going to go to um, a donut shop in Queens. I'm going to find a donut shop in Queens, and um, we're going to do it. He says September now. We're going to go in September. We're going to have another live event. Uh, we're going to try to stream it. I'm not sure if we can do that at a donut shop, but we're going to have free comics, free donuts, free um, coffee, 
and he's going to do a free comic book appraisals for the first 12 people that register. So for more information on that, go to www.nycbm.com. Cool. Uh, also, whew, let's see uh, what else. How could there be more? How <laughs> could there possibly be more? There is a lot more. Also, if uh, those of you who are remembering our live stream event that we did at Royal Comics in um, Queens, we had a little contest going on with uh, Brian Kong, artist Brian Kong. We interviewed him. It's the video is up on our YouTube page. And um, he drew a uh, special, uh, unique cover mm-hmm. for the contest. And we have a winner for the contest. So uh, oh, this, is, this was a pretty darn easy one. All they had to do was like our Facebook page, Brian Kong's Facebook page, and Royal Collectibles' Facebook page. And the winner is, let's see, it's David Cunley, uh, two N's and two E's. And he is the winner of the contest, so he will be uh, able to pick that up. Uh, get in contact with him and uh, let him know where he if he can either go to the place or we'll mail it to him to the contest. So congratulations to David awesome. Kun Lee. Brian, I'm <laughs> loving the sound effects. And <laughs> and there's more. Um, friend of the show Lee Kalinsky's Junkie Heaven will be playing at the Long Island Interview Film Expo today at 9.30 p.m. It's located in Belmore Movies at 2.22 Pettit Avenue in Belmore, New York, one one seven one zero. Belmore, New York, of course, home of the the other entity yes. and friend of the show. <laughs> yes, that we won't mention. <laughs> not not right we'll now. I don't have going. the time for yeah, it. We'll keep going. Keep going. Um, and um, Joe Hazley, who's the star of the movie, he won Best Actor for the role in that film at the film festival. So congratulations to him. Um, so for more information, go to www.facebook.com backslash junkieheavenmovie.com. J u n k i e h e a v e n m o v i e. Junkie Heaven Movie. So if anybody is listening to this live, you can actually go and see the movie tonight. <sighs> and if that's not enough, <laughs> whew, geez, Louise. Um, another friend of the show, um, Chris Pascarelli, author of Destiny Revealed, is uh, doing a book signing at the Book Review in Huntington on Wednesday, August 5th at 7 p.m. For more information on that event, check out www.bookreview.com. <sighs> breathe, man. Breathe. That's that was a lot. Everything that we're doing. That was and a lot, going man. Now, now for the news. <laughs> I should set up a, a a thing at Brook of You. I live in Huntington. You should. I really should. Why don't you? Because we're just coming out with the graphic novels now, so I think now will be a good time to do it. You know, it's okay. taken like six years, but we've got the first one out, and the second one's coming, and the third one coming. So see, so when you have that, it's going to be on my spiel that I just went exactly. to. Exactly. Put it on. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, really love the sound effects. Thank you. All righty. So, um, sad news. Um, actor Erwin Keyes uh, died this week. Erwin uh, had such roles as films in Dead Kansas, Black Dynamite, Dahmer vs. Gacy, Glass Houses, The Urn, Dream Slashers, House of a Thousand Corpses, Flintstones, and the sequel, Flintstones, Viva and Rock Vegas, Mob Boss, Zapped, The Private Eyes, and Warriors, just to name a few. Um, Erwin <laughs> also had guest spots on what? such TV shows as The Jeffersons, Police Squad, Married with Children, and Growing Pains. Um, the cause of death has not yet been disclosed, and he was only 63. That's, wow. Too bad. Now, I know I have another death, but I didn't have time because he died after the news was printed, but I know Hassan wanted to mention it. Do you want to mention the other death that we have this week? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> Um, Dead air, thanks. Yeah, well, because I don't know who died this week. Omar Sharif? Oh, yes, Omar Sharif. Oh, my God. 
You made a whole a, big thing about it. I did. And then you're like, ah, I'm not going to mention it. I've had, an, I've had an incredible day. I apologize. Um, yeah, Don't! Uh, actor, actor Omar Sharif. <laughs> brilliant actor. The reason it's so important to me is that I was named after him. So that's, that's one of the big reasons I made the, the comment about him. Um, my mother was a huge fan of him, and I, and I became a huge fan of his after the fact um, in, the, in the last few years. I, he was in Lawrence of Arabia. He was in. Um, he was. He was just recently in uh, the Thirteenth Warrior, and was, wasn't that recent. But um, and uh, uh, he was in Hidalgo, right? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was in. He's in a great amount of stuff. He was a fantastic actor. I, I enjoyed him immensely. I'm sorry, he's dead. He had a lot of. Uh, he had a lot of things to say about Hollywood in his last few years that uh, probably were more accurate than they were inaccurate, you know. So, I mean, we can explore that later. I mean, I really Yes, don't... indeed. He, he died this yeah. week, and that is very sad. I don't know anything about him, like, in a, per- in a personal way, about his personal life. But his film presence would always make me think that was, a, like, a very classy man. You know, yeah, just the way he always carried himself. He seemed to convey that very easily. I, yeah. I don't... I, uh, I, too, never do him personally. I know some about his life, but I, you know, I can't claim that that's any kind of knowledge of the man, who the man was, but he seemed to carry himself very professionally. Yeah. And, uh, and everybody has great things to say about him. So it is, it is a, a loss. He did die this week. Mm. Uh, sorry, Mark. And Thank you very much for reminding me. No problem. And since it's my job to lower the bar of the show, I'm going to uh, be the one that mentions that he was in the movie Top Secret. That's the spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I knew yes. him from. <laughs> See, I just watched that bar get a little lower. <laughs> so, yes. Right, we're right, going to need James gotta, Cameron to raise the bar in the now. Car. You pick your, pick your game up a little more, Mark. He got, <laughs> he got crushed in the car and the yeah. antenna went up. When, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Lawrence Arabia. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Well, he and Peter O'Toole can go <sighs> drinking in heaven now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, We're gonna, and, and, and both of them will try to forget Top Secret. So, speaking of people in movies, of which we will not mention, uh, um, in an interview with Howard Stern actor, uh, in an interview with Howard Stern, comma, mm-hmm. space, actor Channing Tatum had a few words about his former and upcoming uh, projects. I know about this. Okay. I know about this. In I re- listened to this interview. <laughs> Go on. In regards to J.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra, he says, quote, look, I'll be honest. It's I effing hate that movie. I hate that movie. I was pushed into doing that movie. I'm like, look, I love G.I. Joe. Can I play Snake Eyes? And they're like, no, you're not playing Snake Eyes. You're playing Duke. And the script wasn't even good. And I didn't even want to do something I thought was that bad. Yes, it was terrible. <laughs> and, uh, it was a terrible movie. Right, because that movie is a bag of crap. And I love the fact that he knows it was a terrible movie, and but he had to promote it. He had to do it. But he had to promote it. He had to do it, and you know he. But yeah, be, he, because he, he did that, he's been able to do other things. And that he had a, he was contractually obligated to do the film, right? Um, yeah. Which which may go a long way of explaining how they didn't seem to be able to throw him enough money to do the second film for more than. And the fifteen minutes. Yes, that's right. Very true. I didn't even. Did the second movie actually come out? Because like I know out. the date kept getting pushed around. Oh, it came out. And I then it came out, and like there was no real hoopla about yeah. it, even with you yeah. know the amazing Bruce Willis in it, of course. <laughs> and the Bruce Rock. Willis. And, and the Rock. Yeah. Is it? Wasn't uh, the Rock? Wasn't Wonder Woman in it? Also, the TV Wonder Woman, who is now on the, uh, who is now on uh, Agents of Shield. Oh, I don't oh know. um, Pilecki? yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, oh, okay. See? 
Adrian, I think, Adrian. DJ Flecky. Uh, I think yes, she right. is in that movie. Yes, I maybe. do believe. I will, might have been I will look it up to confirm that. Maybe she was Lady J. Possible. Maybe. Uh, but to my knowledge, that's like the only time that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt ever has ever really played a bad guy. <laughs> well, he that was in the first one. He's not in the second one. Yeah. Because okay. he, too, probably was only contractually <laughs> out of the way to do the first one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he ran for the hills. I like it. Yeah. Channing Tatum wanted to play Snake Eyes. And, like, look. He's in great shape, but he's not like he doesn't look like Snake he's Eyes. Ninja enough. Yeah. Ninja he's too big. Think, he's like too. I, he's too physically big to be Snake Eyes. I think that's his joke because Snake Eyes would have had to wear the mask the entire. Right. Film. So he's like, I, I, I was never in it. <laughs> you know, Ray Park. Um, that was a good choice in terms of that movie. Ray Park. <laughs> you can't go wrong with martial art guy. Get Ray Park. Yeah. The Rock was in the movie. Um, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Adrian Palicki, yes, uh, Channing like Tatum for five minutes. Bruce oh. Willis. Uh, Lee Bling uh, Kun, excuse me, as a Storm Shadow. Ray Park again as Snake Eyes. Uh, JD Katrona uh, as Flint, which was, I don't know, kind of a. Are you just a reading waste. this off IMDb now? He probably is. Okay. Yeah. But good and, job uh, with that. <laughs> I that's told why you he, I was going to up. That's Lily why he calls Young in. He can use the internet. That's why. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. And that, that's that's the whole reason for me being here. And of course, uh, yeah, Arnold Bathwell uh, <laughs> comes back as uh, Zartan. <laughs> um, you, you you must have missed that, Hassan. That was kind of funny. Um, I'm glad right. I did because <laughs> it was probably at my expense. So yeah, this is great. All right, so for the last bit of news, because we have a lot of stuff to cover. Wow, it's all wow. Um, from the there is always more than one story department. During last week at the Montreal Comic Con in Canada, it had been reported that art, art, artist Arthur Sundum Sundum Sundum. I, nice I know nice I know work. what you're going to talk about, and like we shared this on on our Facebook page, Pronto Comics, uh, the Facebook.com Pronto Comics, little plug. Um, and all I put down was like, just don't ever be this guy. But you know, there's there's it's a whole it's a whole thing. So um, he decided. And we know the news. What's, what's the news, though? Yes, um, our, our artist Arthur Sundam, S-Y-U-D-A-M, decided to take his one table in Artist Alley and turn it into four uh, tables without telling anyone, including the other three artists that he took the tables from, nor the convention organizers. Montreal Comic Con says, <clears throat> Yesterday oh. there was an unfortunate situation where certain creators were displaced from one area in Artist Alley to another in the same alley without their knowledge. We at the Montreal Comic Con offer a sincere apology to those affected. We have spoken to the creators and have reassured them that they will be compensated for this inconvenience. Good. In this situation, Montreal Comic Con assumes a measure of responsibility and has taken certain actions to ensure that this type of situation will not be repeated at any of the events we manage. The foundation of combo conventions is built and continues to be built upon the admiration and respect of combo creators. We are forever appreciative that we have continued to bring a vibrant industry. Our policy has always been to make sure that all artists and creators are treated with respect and consideration. Now, Please. with that being said, uh-huh. um, Arthur... How did he manage to steal four tables? Well, it, it turns... the sto- <laughs> One of the stories is that he came along. Right. He came early. He's like, oh, I'm going to take this. And he just pl- put up his thing, f- took up four tables, and then everybody's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to be sitting over there. Right. Um, and the without, word is he's done it okay, several so nobody, times. Okay, so nobody took the tables back. No. Nobody said anything to him. 
well, that's, it's, well, that's, it, listen, I do a lot of shows and I can tell you like comic people are some of the nicest people and not many of us really want to get into like arguments before the show. You just want to get set up and ready to go. Yeah. So it's just easier to have moved to somewhere else, complain to management quickly, get another table and move somewhere. That being said, it's I mean, unbelievably like rude of what, what he did. Yeah, but, but I mean, I don't care what his reason is. is. Your yeah. investment is supposed to pay for something. You pay for the table. You should be a, you should be at the place they put you. Yes, at the table. absolutely. You shouldn't. There shouldn't be a person who is a peer of yours paying <laughs> the exact amount that you paid. Exactly. Getting four times more uh, real estate than you paid for. Right. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely the fault of the conventions, but something should have been done about it. Yeah, well, by it, the convention was, though, because too late, though. Yeah, exactly by the convention, because like comical people are you know generally quite introverted, so they're just it's, not going to want to make that conversation. It's fine that they're introverted, although I think more should have been done. Yes, you know, in order on their part. Even when I agree with you, you must aware. argue with me. <laughs> um, well, there's more, but there's more to the story. Okay. So yeah. there's there's, yeah, there's more. There is more. All right, Arthur's representative says. <clears throat> In response to the post about Montreal Comic Con this weekend and the table placement for the artists at the table show, let me state that I am the booking agent for a group of artists, including Michael Golden, Arthur Sidem, Mike Zeck, and others at the convention. Well, that was weird. Mm. Um, when we all arrived for setup on Thursday, there was a snafu with the table setups for all the artists. In order to correct the problem, everyone was moved. The Montreal Comic Con, much to their credit, stepped in and found solutions for all table placements so that all artists had their agreed-upon table amounts. No changes were made without the show's knowledge, nor artists made any arbitrary changes on their own. Any artist there for setup was informed of the changes, and we are sure others were told as soon as they could. In the end, none of us were in the originally supposed to be on the map, but it appears that all fans found us anyway, and everyone had a great time at the event. So anything else that can be said about the situation by third parties is simply spreading untruths. We'd like to thank the Montreal Comic Con for support and willingness to fix this situation, and most of all, thank the fans for coming to see us at the show. Kaboom. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, there's more. There's more. So that's, there's even more. There's even more. So wait. Well, so if everyone had a good time and everything went well, then what is there to report? Well, obviously, you're you're reading this for a particular reason. Yes, because mm-hmm. it, it went all over the internet that you know Arthur was the bad guy and mm-hmm. and that he does this all the time and blah blah blah. And actually, uh, you may not remember this, Hassan, but when we had a table at the Big Apple Con many years ago, um, we had already set up. And the, uh, the, the guy who dealt with us, um, he came to me and he said, hey, um, Arthur's going to be, Arthur Sim is coming to the convention. It was later in the day. Uh-huh. We want you to move. <laughs> so we're going to put him here. And I'm like, um, no. Right. We, we've, we've, you know, I've, we've dealt with you. You know, we've dealt with the Big Apple Con for many years. And I'm like, do you really want to have bad relations with us to, by kicking us out of a spot that we're at? And he was like, you know what? You're right. And then they moved somebody else out, and he set up. You know, he had a whole big setup, but he was next to us. So right. that was my um, interpretation. And as uh, Dominic said, throughout the Internet, it's been well known that that's what he does. That's what they're saying he does. does you yeah. know, it's all, you know, he it's, said, it's she said. It's a big thing on Twitter that people were complaining right. about him. But there's more. Okay. <laughs> so on top of all that that happened... Arthur had his own comments to say, and he said... This is where he's going to shoot himself in the foot, I'm sure. <laughs> the Montreal show changed its floor plan on Thursday, the day before the show. However, they didn't send out any notification, and only the five American artists at set-up time on Thursday night knew of the table placement and floor plan changed. 
The next day at the show, the Canadian artist unfortunately began hearing from a single troublemaking fan artist who wasn't there at setup who began spreading fabrications to make the artist and online that the American artists at the row end were taking their tables. And guess who that lucky artist was on at the end of the table? The fan artist was, was in, wasn't in the loop on Thursday and knew nothing. This is the guy who sat across from us all weekend long at his table with no fans and no one paying him any attention while the crowds flocked to the American artist's tables. Then the low IQ online crowds, too lazy to check their facts and interested to turn in a simple misunderstanding into an opportunity to create some trouble, jumped in. The show promoters has come out and corroborated these facts. So there, there you have it. There's three different sides to the story. Be- believe what you want, but you know, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> that's what I gotta say. Look, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in word of mouth, and if a lot of people have said that he's done this before, I'm gonna go with he's probably done this before, and whether or not it was like warranted and whatever, fine. But you know, like who? No one needs four booths, okay? No one needs four tables. Unless it's a massive amount of like an artist collective, no one <laughs> artist needs four tables. You just don't. I like the fact that he's insulting everybody involved. <laughs> Again, he, at no point does he take any sort of like like blame. Well, or I mean, take you know, the, the bottom line though is if he didn't do what he says that what everyone's saying he's doing, then that's justified that he would be upset about it. Right. However, <laughs> um, yeah, nobody needs four tables. That's that's agreed. And then if that did happen, then the then it should have been appropriately and quietly taken care of instead yeah. of instead of going into the Twitterverse where now it, it always blossoms and blooms out of control and it's you know, it becomes its own monster. Yeah. Right, but I mean if so, one I mean, it person was handled badly on all all fronts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but if like one person can say like, Hey, guess what? This guy's doing this again, and then like a lot of like lot artists of respond with, "Oh, he did it again, huh?" Th- that's gonna yeah, say I mean, something. It, once once it's handled like that, once it goes out into the ether, instead of, instead of people being directly confrontational about it, or asking direct questions, or asking that something directly be done about it, and instead it becomes this kind of mealy mouth, uh, uh, passive aggressive, you know, because it's on. No one matures past high school. <laughs> So we're still in high school, everyone. It's, I'm not in high school. I would have actually, I would have absolutely gone to the guy and said, "Look, these aren't your tables." And then once being shined on by him, I would have absolutely gone to the to the right authority and something be done about it, or I get my money back. That's what that's what people who graduate high school do. <laughs> but that's you know, the, and then and then after that, and after I was was denied my money back and denied my table, perhaps then, yes, I will grant you, I might have tweeted something. Hassan would have been escorted out of the building, <laughs> guaranteed. The, the 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 weird thing is, is that you know, as 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 they say, there's three sides to every story. So who knows exactly what happened? It's probably you know, all true. It's, it's probably, probably the guy probably. probably showed up. We, I'll tell you exactly what happened. The guy showed up. He took the tables that he wanted, either because he thought he wanted them or he thought he was entitled to them because he was not. He was improperly informed, right? So those two right. parts of the story are correct. Okay. The people got upset about it. Did confront him. They tried to talk to management, and management, you know, dithered about what exactly to do about it, and then they tweeted about it. And that's exactly how it all exploded. And then when it became a big thing, all three people came up and gave their their, their testimony for innocence, for uh, utter innocence. You know, I'm going to agree that's that that's, that's pretty much what, what's that's, happened. That's fair enough, yeah. 
All right, so um, what we're going to do, normally we would take a break right now, but we have something really cool uh, set up here. We um, manage, well, I manage with the show, we. Are we talking about Bill? The collective, yes, our, our good friend Bill. All our departments that, are, that, that have uh, streamed our payroll to, to astronomical proportions. <laughs> All our, our various tasks and departments in the, uh, came from the radio uh, organization. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, we managed to uh, get an interview with um, one, the none other than uh, William Shatner. So uh, what we're going Bill. to do, we're going to play that interview. Um, we, it, it, unfortunately, he wasn't able to call in live, which is something that we were really, really right. hoping for. We got it, we got it on tape. Uh, but I have to give a special shout out to Brian, the engineer, for making it happen, and uh, Mario Nicieza for uh, pulling it all together for on, on our end. So uh, he was the nicest guy, by the way. Like I thoroughly enjoyed talking. Oh, to Mariano. Him. Yeah, last time oh. I was here, I was like, oh, you talked to, to Bill also. I believe me. <laughs> and I will tell you now, if I talked to Bill, I would be calling him Mr. <laughs> Shatner. I do not have the guts to call him Bill. <laughs> so we're gonna. Play Play that right now. Mark Shatner, how are you? Hello, Mr. Shatner. How are you doing today? I'm so well. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes out of your time to be on our show. I'm very grateful that you're uh, able to do it. <laughs> that makes two of us. Um, so I guess we're just going to get right to the questions because I know you're on a very busy schedule at the San Diego Comic-Con. Um, so why don't you tell us about the new project you're working on, the cinematic graphic I, I'm, novel. I'm, I'm uh, now off the speakerphone, and are you taping this? Yes, we are recording it, and we're going to be playing it on a Sunday on the uh, on our show. It came from the radio. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, are you, I'm ready to start if you are. Okay, yes, we, we are ready to go. All right, so first question. Um, why don't you tell us about your new project that you're working on, the cinematic graphic novel? Well, I had a I had an idea at long last, and uh, and it was an original idea. Uh, I was told that the that the uh, typewriter was invented at the same time, uh, like, like a guy in Switzerland and a guy in Brazil jungle uh, or something, uh, because the level of uh, technology had arrived that that uh, two people could invent the same thing at the same time and never know. Uh, it is my uh, idea that it is my concept that what I've invented is unique. Uh, that a cinema, a cinematic graphic novel, is somewhere between a movie and a and a and a uh, and an illustrated novel. Uh, the camera roams the panels uh, in 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 a dramatic way, revealing uh, dramatically what the panel is uh, has drawn. You read the bubbles. The figures move somewhat. There's uh, action sequences where 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 the where the figures move and interact. There's music and there's sound effects. And so somewhere in between a movie and uh, the still uh, the stills of a panel of a comic book lies the cinematic graphic novel which is what we've done with Man of War. Okay, so how did, how did um, you decide to take Man of War to be, how did you get involved into this project yourself? Well, Man of War is a novel that I wrote some years ago, <clears throat> and um, I was approached to do a comic book on, on uh, Man of War, which I thought was a really good idea. And then I was watching television, and I heard a radio show. I heard what I knew was a radio show, just by the way the voices were. And on the screen were little stick figures pretending to talk. Just the mouth was moving. I think it's called Flash. Very uh, 
cheaply and, uh, and primitively done. And I thought, I can do that on a more sophisticated level uh, with a team of people that I ultimately put together, some of them from Marvel uh, Comics, some of them with, uh, with uh, awards, uh, Emmy Awards of sound and music and things like that. We put together a team, and following through on this idea that I had of a moving camera on the, on the face of something that was drawn, we uh, have done Man of War in uh, 16 uh, uh, chapters, if you will. And that's what we're, we're debuting, this idea and this new entertainment concept at, um, at the San Diego Comic-Con. So changing, shifting gears for a second, um, you have done... They changing, changing what? Changing gears, shifting gears on the. On oh, the, you're going to shift gears? Yes, on the on the. the uh, I I was I was in overdrive there. <laughs> um, you've done pretty much everything. You've sang. You've directed. I've done everything. You've acted. No, no, you've, there's nothing I haven't done. That's that was the question. Like, is there anything out there that that you have not yet done, or would no, you I'm like lying to do down again? Now. I'm <laughs> lying down. I've done everything. <laughs> <laughs> There is so much in this world to do. Are you kidding? Uh, but, but what I've been offered as a result of good fortune, good luck, uh, whatever the circumstances are, I have been offered in my lifetime, in this latter part of my lifetime, the ability to sort of say, well, why did I, maybe I could do this, or somebody comes along and says, have you thought of it? And I think, that's a great idea. And uh, and you get as many misses as you get. It's many more misses. But... Uh, but the missus doesn't mind. <laughs> if you're happily married, the missus don't matter. Um, the, uh, the, the, the opportunity to do weird and strange... I just came off, a, if you'll excuse the expression, uh, a motorcycle uh, that I drove from Chicago to uh, Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a new design of a motorcycle uh, called Rivet. We're calling them the motorcycle R-I-V-E-T, Rivet. And RivetMotors.com will explain what I uh, won't attempt to explain on the air, but a whole new concept in a, in a motorcycle. You see that motorcycle. There's no motorcycle like it. Well, I drove a motorcycle cross-country. In through the heat and the wet and the dirt and the and the grime and the hours and the and and it was uh, it taxed my strength beyond anything I've ever done before. So the opportunities are there if I can grasp them, and I just need hand strength. Well, um, wow. Um, speaking of opportunities, um, I know that you reprised your Captain Kirk on the Oscars a couple of years ago. Um, can you tell us quickly how did that come to be? Uh, well, the funny people on uh, writing the Oscars asked me if I would do it, and uh, and you know I said I know I don't like to do uh, uh, I don't like to do that reprise uh, stuff. It doesn't work. But uh, but these were funny comedy writers, and I said, well, show me what you got. And they wrote out a scene, and I thought it wasn't very funny. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And then they came back; they had rewritten the scene, and it was very funny. And I thought. Okay, so and they got the original suit, and of course they had to take it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got like, like. Why are you why Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> so we got like. A... It must be it must be like a guy who's gotten into 
you know, he had a uniform when he was a young guy. He was in the military, and he put the uniform away in the attic. And 50 years later, he gets back into it. And, My God, I fit it into that. <laughs> you know? It must have been cool, though, to, to do it again. It was cool. It was cool because I was, it was free and easy. And uh, I was strangely lodged in a closet uh, downstairs, so I couldn't see or hear the audience. I could dimly hear the audience. And an actor needs to hear the the reaction of the crowd. I mean, you, otherwise you're walking into laughs. I could just, dim, of course, we, I didn't know that. I, I suspected there'd be laughs, but you don't know that. You can tell a joke and it falls flat, and you got to get, you know, you got to be alert. You got to get on with it. Like uh, I really didn't mean to tell you that joke, or that really wasn't a joke, and on you go. Or it's something you hadn't expected to get a laugh from, and uh, and uh, they laugh heartily, and you don't want to walk into it because then they think you didn't know that there was a laugh in there. So you're playing off the audience's reaction. So here I am lodged in a closet, just barely, barely making out through my earphones uh, what the audience reaction was. All right, so I know we got enough time for just a, a quick last question. Are you um, shifting, gears? You're shifting gears again? Yes, shifting gears one last time. Um, for all the listeners out there who want to be the next William Shatner, who, who want to follow in your footsteps, what advice can you give them? Uh, get my mother, get my father, and uh, go through the whole genetic drain. <laughs> now, now, they're interred. <laughs> But if you, if you don't leave any inter, unturned, uh, you might get there. <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, celebrate life is the best way I can describe it. Well, I really appreciate you um, taking out this time. Um, have a great time at San Diego. Um, Thank I you. really, really appreciate this. Please Mr. go Shatner. to uh, com and go to rivetmotors.com and find out a lot of exciting stuff. All right, thanks again. I really appreciate this pleasure. Bye-bye. Have a good one. And that was William Shatner um, live from San Diego Comic Book Convention. Uh, back to you, Well done as usual, Mark. Y- y- you stepped over the line. I said... I, I-, I said... <laughs> yes, uh, Brian is saying... He, he didn't know. Hassan didn't know that, that that was still being recorded. You weren't live yet. <laughs> it's okay, Hassan. <laughs> I didn't even know anybody could hear me while the recording was on, which is very good. I say one I thing? on mute for most of the time. So... <laughs> I did all right up until that moment. Yeah. Um, but, may I say one thing? It. May I say one thing? Denny Crane. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had said to myself on the, on the, on the right. thing, back to myself in the future, because right. I was talking to myself. But and I Hassan just lost, stepped all yeah. over that. Yeah. Although oh. I have to say, it sounded like I was actually talking now. It did, actually, yeah. That, that was like, wow, it's kind of, I was kind like, of odd. He's speaking, but his lips are not moving. This is yeah. fantastic. So, so there you go. That was the, the William Shatner interview. I, um, I hope that... When I'm 80-something, like he is, I am that energetic <laughs> and passionate about life uh, that I still have the same woman in my life, though. I don't want that. I have a wonderful girlfriend. Um, but that I could ride a motor I don't ride motorcycles, but I could ride a motorcycle from Chicago to L.A. at 80-something <laughs> years old. I mean, I'd be, like, just passionate about everything that I'm, I'm doing and excited. I hope I live like William Shatner. I don't have his parents. My parents are wonderful, <laughs> but I don't have his, so I don't know. So are you going to be a, a William Shatnerite, Hassan? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> did you ever? He's more of a Nimoy guy. You actually uh, did a lot of um, conventions. Did you ever actually yes. meet William Shatner, Hassan? Yes, I did. I met William Shatner. I've, I've met Leonard Nimoy. I've, I've met just about all of them. 
and I've done basically the same thing you criticize me of doing all the time. I shake their hands, I say hello, I stare, and then I move on. I don't really interact with them. You don't even get so far as to go, oh, oh my God, you're awesome. I met a celebrity whose name will, will, will continue to be nameless in this particular instance many years ago, and I tried to interact with him and shake his hand. And he was not feeling well that day. So he was just, it was just a lackluster, you know, kind of grunting responses. And the experience was so traumatic that I'm like, you know what? I like to keep them on the cloudy pedestal that I've put them on. I don't want to know their, their actual real-life foibles or whatever their attitudes are or whatever because that ruins things for me. So I'm just going to do my part and be, um, be in reverence, and they do their parts and be iconic, and then we move on. I don't so, really interact. As Mark will tell you for our wonderful, so it's like, legendary Mark Hamill interview, mm. <laughs> where I didn't react at all to anything that he said or did. So yeah. your thing is like, meet your hero, but don't interact with them. Yeah, don't, don't know your hero. Meet him. Don't know him. That's that's fair enough. Okay, no, I mean that's actually pretty good advice. I I agree with you. Oh my god, this is happening yeah, too much. This, this is, show. This is this is uh, the Shatner effect. Uh, this Hassan is the Shatner. Is, and, uh, <laughs> you get uh, filled in with the love. I'm actually Shatner. a reasonable human being once you get to know me. <laughs> I really am. I, I can vouch. I can it's only taken me like a year and a half. I can vouch. Yeah, for well. <laughs> so, in the, in the in the spirit of moving I didn't on, I was easy to know. In the spirit of moving on, we have more shows to, to do. In the spirit of moving on. Yes, we have, awesome. we have, we have more shows. Are we changing gears, Mark? We, we are yes, shifting, we gears. shifting yes. gears. I have to say, um, he threw me a couple of times. He, he, he was fit. He, he, he caught he on is, to you really quick. He caught on to your quirk really fast. <laughs> he he, he is a consummate professional, yes. Mr. Shatner. <laughs> so um, for, the, for the remaining of the show, which we have a little bit left, because yeah. once again, like I said, it was going to go fast. Right. Um, we're going to be talking about the new Terminator movie, Terminator 5, if I'm not mistaken. This yeah, is, I mean, it's the, the fifth, fifth one of yeah, Terminator. It's the yeah. fifth Terminator, Terminator Genesis, mm-hmm. not, not Sega Genesis. Um as, as always, this will be a free-flowing conversation, and spoilers may and probably will be mentioned, um, seeing as how the actual promoters of the movie spoiled their own movie. Really? how they do that? Yeah. Um, as, as you may or may not be aware, um, when, a, when a movie comes out, they put out, they put out many trailers. Right. And um, the, uh, the, the company was afraid that the movie wasn't going to make any money. So they decided to tip their hand and reveal a plot twist in the trailer before just before the movie came out um I, all, all i will say is that it's it's a trailer that shows in the trailer and on all, a couple of last minute promotional details of the new terminator uh-huh. before oh, the movie yeah. came right. out okay yeah yeah and the the director was upset and people were upset but that's it happened so right. that, that kind of that kind of stuff um yeah so um hassan uh-huh. did you manage to see the the movie Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I can tell he doesn't like it. All right, so Hassan, you get to go first. What did you I think? I get to go of, first. Yes, you get to go first. What did you think of the movie? Uh, I thought of it the same as I thought of all the the sequels to the Terminator, and and in, with the exception, perhaps, of uh, Judgment Day, which basically was the, it was a rehash of the very first one with better special effects, maybe a tighter story frame, but it was just as ridiculous. All of these films are ridiculous. This film is no different. It's absolutely, utterly uh, asinine, and it, um, it contradicts itself at every chance it gets. And uh, I don't recommend anyone see it. Wow. What, what, did, what did you really think of that movie? <laughs> don't hold back now. Ooh. 
Um, all right, Dominic, did you see the movie? Um, I, yes, I saw the movie. In fact, I saw it last night. And the one thing I regret is that I didn't watch like all the other ones before, like right before, like like one big long train. But I okay. I, re, I saw uh, Terminator, the original one, maybe a couple months ago again. So like it was still kind of fresh. And I, I have to say, I'm pretty impressed with how they like redid a lot of those things. To me, the movie is um, a love letter to the James Cameron <laughs> Terminators. Not so much term- T3 or Gen uh, or, or uh, Salvation. Because Salvation, right. they kind of really like just ignore Salvation. They're like, this does not happen. Yeah. This never occurred. Mm-hmm. Which is too bad because I, I kind of dug watching Salvation a little. I, I, I didn't, I didn't okay. like, love it, but it was... I hated Salvation. Let me put it this way. I watched it on TNT. Say, though, that, that Terminator 4 actually did happen. You could, you could, you could argue that it still happened. Not, not. There's a couple of parts where you really like. Yeah, they they kind of are ignoring part four. Well, they really the very, do ignore. It, I mean, just in how John Terminator. Connor meets Kyle Reese, they completely like. Yeah, that whatever they did in in Salvation, they ignore that. I let me say, like I said, I watched Salvation on TNT. That's how much. That's why I liked it. I didn't have to pay money to see it. You know, it was <laughs> like, oh, okay, I got a night to kill. I'll watch Salvation. It wasn't bad. Um, but my, I, to me, this movie was definitely a love letter to the gen, love letter to the James Cameron movies, okay. and it was very much heavily within the Terminator T two Judgment Day. And that being said, um, I enjoyed it as just a piece of entertainment. Um, the plot did get a little sort of like entwined and confusing, but if you don't think about it too much and just again accept it as a movie, which I know Hassan hates when I say it's it's you know it's pretty enjoyable. Um the one thing that kind of bothered me, like very little Matt Smith. You know, like they made a I thought there was a de- big deal made, like oh, the doctor is getting Matt Smith is getting and like you don't see him much. And it's and the other thing is like, wow, Matt Smith can't get away from time travel. Just can't get away from the time travel. Um I would have liked to have seen more of Matt Smith in it. Honestly, but I'm a Doctor Who fan, so it's like oh, I would have liked to have seen that. But you know, look, if you got an afternoon to kill, it's not the worst way to spend your money. Um, I, I saw it um, the the premiere day, so I saw it that Thursday. I did not see the trailer, so I didn't. Once again, I'm 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 on this new thing for the past years to not watch any trailers. Yeah, at you were mentioning as it best as I can yes. to not get any spoilers or anything. So I was going there pretty cold. I only saw the one trailer because I was forced to see. It. I went and saw a movie, got there early, saw the trailer. Ooh. Okay. But um. So I knew that it was going to be a whole bunch of time travel stuff, and they were going to change things. They were going to change it up. Um, for full disclosure, I did not care for the first Terminator movie. I did not care for the second Terminator movie, although I do appreciate the special effects. Uh-huh. I did like the third Terminator movie. I hated the fourth Terminator movie. So just okay. just putting that into perspective. Um, this movie, I thought it was okay. I was entertained. You know, I, I enjoyed myself. The time travel. I love me time travel. All so, right. you know, it's going all over the place. I'm like, okay, I'm with you doing all these, you know, alternate universes or however you want to try to explain it. And uh-huh. I will leave it up to myself to try to do what they call a no prize that they used to do for Marvel. Is that whenever there's a mistake in a, in a comic book, the fans used to read the mistake, identify the mistake, and then explain why it's not a mistake. And Marvel's like, hey, thanks a lot. You've just corrected uh, 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 this idea for us as to why it's not a mistake, and you get a no prize, which is what they used to do in the 80s. And you, they used to send you a, a box, an empty box, <laughs> with Marvel stuff on the box. So it was like a little keepsake from Marvel, but there was nothing inside, a no prize. Okay, got and that's it. And that's what they do. So this one, so that's how I like to, to consider movies that are entertaining, where I can sit back and be like, well, I can figure out why 
this right. stuff happen. As long as what they say in the movie doesn't contradict what I'm thinking or it's just something that just doesn't make any kind of sense, then I'll be like, well, that doesn't make sense. For example, right. um, on the, uh, the bus chase scene. Right, right. That to me was just like, let's outdo an, Dark Knight. An awful lot of police presence. Right. Real quick. That was I'm sitting there like, why is there so much police presence for this situation so fast? Oh my god. That, I'm, but me. I'm just saying, so I can't I can't explain that away. Hence I can't get myself a no prize, hence I can't enjoy a certain part of the movie. That's the kind of idea I'm trying to give. Okay. Um, okay, that's just an example then. Yes, right. yes. Right. And and then um when there was a line in the movie how they said that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was fighting somebody on the bridge and he didn't fight anybody on the bridge. So that's you know, those are Little things that would bother me. But otherwise, okay. if you say, you know, oh, we're going to time travel, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then don't explain anything else, I will sit there and like, okay, well, they said this, they said that I had the facts, I will draw my own conclusion and make myself an enjoyable movie. Suspension of disbelief. Which work. is what I did. I, yeah. I enjoyed that movie all the way through. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I was on board <laughs> for it. But then, like, the, the flack, I was like, ooh, I'm, on, I'm once again on the minority of enjoying this movie. Well, I'm with you because, like, listen, I enjoyed it enough. And it was interesting because, speaking of Howard Stern, I listened to Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger on doing a, a thing on Stern. And Stern had mentioned, like, you know, the, the idea of another sequel because they did leave it very open-ended. Right. And there is the question about, you know, but the, the who money sent the Terminator no. back. The money says no. The money <laughs> says no in America. I don't know what the foreign box office release is and how much money it's making overseas and what the DVD release will be and all that other kind of stuff. Because if it makes all that money, that, like, for instance – um, Pacific Rim didn't do that great in correct, America, correct? But that was a movie that was made for the Asian market, and if it, and I know it did amazing it in did. Asia, right? It did. So it, we have a Pacific Rim too. Although I have no idea how they're going to write a sequel for that. But it's still some time travel. The fissure right. opens again. What's that? Yeah, I, I guess so, right? You know, new. We need to use a hydrogen bomb next time. Um, so if it does really well overseas and makes a ton of money there. There will be a T two, right? A uh, T six. T six. I mean, like T three didn't do that well. I thought, like and it wasn't. Shouldn't have. It, 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 right. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't. It didn't do that good. It didn't light the world on fire, but they did, did four. <laughs> and I did four. So, like, clearly, there's a certain like formula that we're not privy to. Somebody's sitting there saying, "I know Turner is going to make money, so Somehow, we're going to keep yeah. on making Turner." It's like when you go to the. Uh, you ever go to the slot machines? Right. Like, I think it's going to pay out, and you just keep on putting money in, hoping you'll pay out. Right. That's what's kind of clearly money here. is being made, or else they would not have redone the fr- rebooted the franchise with T three. It's nonsense, though. The reason they don't make any money is because they keep contradicting themselves. It's just nonsense. And I, I understand about turning your brain off, and I understand that time travel is improbable, not impossible, and all that other stuff. I get it. And it's science fiction. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's a hundred <laughs> reasons not to sit down and take this movie seriously. But the one you're watching the film, and Skynet comes to you and says, oh, I'm going to destroy humanity because you guys are too violent, destructive. And the first thing they do is pull a gun on it and shoot it. <laughs> it's like, okay, now is that supposed to be a joke? Or am I supposed to be cheering for Sarah Connor? No, it's because they're human. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's just, I mean, and it, and it does this to itself over and over and over again. In, in this particular film, but in throughout the entire series, it, well, just, it just becomes nonsense over and over and over again. Which and one they of the... try so hard to, to, to do a convoluted stream so that you can get a sense of this kind of how crazy time travel is, but they keep making everything impossible with every time jump they do. Which it, it doesn't, it's, it's nonsense. Which makes me go back to why one of the reasons why I didn't like Terminator 2 because in Terminator right. 1, they said 
Send our Terminator back, destroy the machine. Done. Then in Terminator 2, they're like, yeah, we sent another one back. Like, well, yeah. if you can send more than one back, why don't you send them both at the same time? Right, or, right. you know, it just opens all these why, questions. Like, okay, if you <sighs> sent one back at 1984, why are you waiting like 10 years to send another <laughs> one? Even, you know, why send it 10 years in the future to kill him as a boy? Like, yeah. there is always going to be that question about it. I think what you could look take from Terminator is a couple of things. One, um, it it's, again, a fun movie. But two, like, the concept uh. of always pushing back Skynet I think is like the idea of like it's fate no matter what you do. It doesn't make sense though. It's like it's because well, if you, you think about it, it, like yeah, you can stop it. You're never going to stop it. You're just going to keep delaying it sooner or then later. If you can keep delaying it for time, but Skynet's still inevitable, which is what they said in the third movie that that Judgment Day is inevitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why is this calculating machine continuously sending agents back to make sure it happens if it's inevitable? You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and not only that. If you send your the if you send the John Connor's parents and you take them from 1984 to to 2015 without them consummating no, no. their relationship, 2017, my friend. Two years in the future, 2017. Huh? 2017, they went. Yes. Doesn't matter. <laughs> if you if you have them jump from one time to the next without consummating a relationship, then how is spoiler alert John Connor chasing them? Because he shouldn't exist at that age. I think I think they went for the alternate timelines as opposed yeah. to doesn't doesn't matter in, in the alternate timeline if you change the timeline then the, the future timeline cannot exist if it's in a line he couldn't have come back to ensure that the future happened in the first place. No, what I'm saying is that they 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 it happened and then that that timeline right. still exists or ceases to exist. Right. And when they when they go back, they create a new alternate universe and then just hang out in that universe or hang out in the I other know, universe. Mark, like, I get what you're saying. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Then where does John Connor come from? That's uh, actually a, a very good question. But it, I, I believe me, I was thinking of that the entire like. All right, now they're in 2017. How is John Connor going to be at the particular but, age that he's at? How is he going to be going, in his 40 and and or, or his, his his early 50s and be able to come back and be able to be taken over by the, the Terminator and then come back in time to ensure the judgment day happens but, by killing his parents before unless the idea born. is somehow that he's existing outside of time but if they if you go back to the original terminator mm-hmm. who is Reese's original father right you know if if the if he, the, he he had to have been born first before they had the whole time travel thing to happen in the way time travel rules right. work who was the original father, and well, why isn't that? So it's, it's is, always... I think we can sum this up um, best well, by the words of the 10th Doctor, David Tennant. It's a bunch of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey <laughs> stuff. You know, it's, there's no direct cause and effect. I mean, there are some things I can take out of the film which I, I enjoyed for fan service. One, I, I really enjoyed, like, the commentary on how everyone's very connected nowadays, and that's the rise of Skynet. I thought right. that was a really interesting idea. I really enjoyed when anytime Arnold did something really like Terminator-ish, they immediately played the theme song. It's almost turning it into, like, the Superman <laughs> theme song. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All uh, right. Now I'm just going to list a bunch of other things to annoy Hassan. <laughs> Uh, You're not, though. 
No, but I mean, like, there's certain things that I enjoyed. And, and another thing that I really thought was kind of cool, and I don't know if anyone picked it up, at one point Kyle Reese turns to Arnold and he's like, where's the skin job? How did he get here? And I'm like, oh, that's a great, like, sort of reference to Battlestar Galactica when they were calling all the Cylon oh, skin jobs. I did not think that. So to me, like, there's a, a good little bit of fan service that was also done. Also, like I said, the quality of trying to really recreate it and put yeah, it in 1984. Worth $20. <laughs> so, look, I mean, ultimately, I think if you're like a fan no. of the Terminator franchise, you'll walk away happy. Maybe not. Yeah, or then, or well, no, I'm not a fan of the Terminator you'll walk away, franchise. I think you'll walk away content. I won't go so far as you're a fan of the franchise. You're not listening to us bash it anyway. So it, it, it whoa, whoa, there's only one of us bashing this, sir. <laughs> Um, I, I'm not a fan of the franchise, and I enjoyed that. Movie. See, there you go. Or maybe if you're not a fan of the <laughs> franchise, this it. is the way to go. All right, so we have. Yeah, like, I think you'd have to not be. We got four minutes. Four minutes left. So Hassan, um, see it, don't see it. Is it worth it? 3D, no 3D. I already said no. Don't see it. It's not don't worth see it. it. Not at all. Don't even bother. Waste of time. All right, Dominic. If you have half a brain. Don't see it, <laughs> Dominic. See it, don't see it. 3D, no 3D. Uh, well, definitely, I don't believe in seeing almost any movie in 3D. I think that's a waste of money. If I want to see something in 3D, I'll watch a play. Um, in terms of seeing it, you know, if you if you like Terminator and you want to see the continuation, definitely go see it. You know, or wait for it to come out on DVD. I don't, you know, but I think or it's hit worth watching. In the head with a hammer. I think it's like <laughs> if you want if you want something like fun to watch, it's worth watching. Whether or not you want to go see it at the theater is a different story. All right, I'm gonna say. It wasn't a bad movie. Yeah, okay. that's I'll, I'm, I'm going to go with that because we've seen a lot of bad movies. Yeah, and, and you know I'm going to throw out Transformers because that was woof. Oh, that was bad. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as no, that. No, it was. Yeah, enjoyable. but if Transformers to is a bar, then, then <laughs> a lot of movies are going to get a pass. To quote <laughs> one friend of mine, to quote my one friend Andrew, it didn't suck. And to quote another friend of mine, it was uh, my friend Ed. It was really not bad. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much how I could describe it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I say if you're going to see it in 3D because the special effects were pretty darn amazing. Yeah, you know, they um, were great. I, I was thoroughly in, enjoyed it. And then I actually, as a, as a little side note, I went and I saw a TED 2 right after that. Really? And the special effects, once again, I'm, I'm like, wow, that bear's really there. So right. special effects have gone far enough that I can, like, I'm with them yeah. with the entire thing. So I was like, yeah. Um, I say see it in 3D because it really was really good 3D. Okay. Um, but, no. you know, no, no go, s- go see it in the morning. Don't waste, you know, don't waste your right. hard-earned money. See it at night. See it in the morning. I, I say go see it if you want to see a a, a, a Interesting, entertaining action film. That's time travel. Yeah, I, I would exactly. That's, I would as, say that's, that's, as, that's as good as I'm going to be able to get. Look at all the wobbling you have to do just to try to. Well, if, to if, if you like time travel, if life. you like time travel, you like action, go see Don't this movie. I mean, time travel is a hard no thing to pull thing off. Time travel in this film. There was a lot of time travel. There right. wasn't any. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would have made this? You know what Hassan would have loved? There wasn't logical time travel at all. There were people shifting in in white bubbles from one place to another, but it made no sense. Hassan would have loved this movie if Amelia Clark finally got naked again. I think that would have. <laughs> no. no, it's not even. No. See that? He's no. not even. No, he's like, no. All right, yeah. so that about does it for this week on the Came from the Radio. Join us right here every week on WGBB. If you miss any part of our show, you can go Too to bad. our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. Listen to the archives will be up in a week or so, or you can go to our YouTube page and you can see the uh, live stream that we just finished recording um, up on our uh, It Came from the Radio page on YouTube. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ICFTR. And don't forget we have the live streaming event on Tuesday with Brimstone. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. You have been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect the views of WGBB, the owners, or staff. 
And now we return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.